for listening to the Life Church Boise weekly podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. called Born for This. And we, have, we are identifying and have already uh, our purpose. And we're getting more and more of this. You know you are, you're here for a reason. And a lot of people go through life not really recognizing the real value of their life, what they mean to God and what He intends to do in and through them while they are here. And, and even beyond here in heaven forever. But I tell you, God has a, has a purpose. He has a plan. Uh, and, and you were born for something. We started off talking about our born identity. Remember that? And, uh, and, and not identifying ourselves just naturally, but in Christ. And seeing ourselves through His eyes. And last week we were discussing our legacy. All right, where we've come from. And what we're leaving And these things are all so very important for us to talk about. And today, as you see, we're going to talk about supremacy. Do you know you were born to dominate? You were born to be in a supreme place. And, uh, you know, many people live their lives being dominated and controlled by circumstances. They just kind of run over from day to day, week to week, go from problem to problem, and they often feel like there's no way out, like they're just, you know, one nostril above the, above the water and barely able to breathe and hang on. And, and I tell you, that's not God's best, and that's not His plan, and that's not His design for our lives, that we just kind of barely make it and just trying to struggle through, but really that we live a life of supremacy, that we live a life where we are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. And, um, you know, again, many live their lives controlled by circumstances, by, by demon spirits, by temptations, uh, by sickness and disease. They just don't seem to be able to control things. And, and stuff happens to them, and they feel helpless. They don't know what to do. And, and how, can we, how can we deal with all this stuff that comes upon us? And, and again, I've said it, I'll say it again, God's intention is not for us to be run over by things in life, but it, it is for us to rule and to reign, uh, not be tossed by the circumstances. We are not helpless creatures without an ability to command and without an ability to, to dominate in this life. And if all that sounds new, if all that sounds strange, then hold your seat. And let's get into this a little bit further today. Did you find Genesis chapter 1? If you haven't, give up. Because it's the first book in the Bible on the first page. And so hopefully you started there. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 reads this way. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And so we stop right there. We can see God's design and His intention was that we would be like Him. All right? You as a, as a human being are like God. You know what that also means? Is that God is like you. So what's God like? He's like me. <laughs> Some people think, oh, I don't know if I could say that. God's like, well, that's what the scripture says. Let's just go with that. We were created in His likeness. So we're like Him and He's like us. We're like the same. Amen. 
He goes on to say, and this is one of the likenesses. He said, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so we know God, being God, most certainly we would all agree that we would say God has dominion. Now, he's the boss. He's in charge. He, he, he rules things. He is, he is the, the highest authority in, the, in existence, in the universe, and beyond the universe. I don't know what exists, but he's God. He's all in all. And, and he dominates. So he said, let's make them like us. And you can see who's us. Well, that's, God is three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All right? He said, let, 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 let us make them like us, not we rule, we dominate, we have dominion. Let's make someone that we can dominate. Now, God still retains his position for sure. But he, it wasn't his intention. Let's make mankind so they would be subject. No, let's make them so they can be like us and rule things. So they can be in charge. So they wouldn't be bossed around, but they would rather be in charge. And specifically in charge of what God set us in charge of. He's still God, okay. Uh, but he made us to be like him in that regard. Now, can you see how that's contrary to the way many live their lives and their experience? So much of it is being run over by life, by circumstance, by temptation, by the flesh, by the devil. And they often feel helpless. They don't feel like they're, they've got any, any power to overcome. But that's opposite of the way God created us. It wasn't his design that we would think that way, feel that way. We are to dominate all that he created. Yeah. Obviously, we're not here to dominate each other. But all of, all of God's creation beyond that, yes. Psalm 115, verse 16, reads this way. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth He has given to the children of men. Isn't that interesting? The Lord said, I gave the planet, I gave earth to you. So who's supposed to be in charge on, on the earth? We are. Now obviously you can see how how uh, people turn this upside down and in many cir- many circles people flip this to where we uh, are almost worshiping the planet instead of being in charge of the planet instead of us ruling and dominating the earth people get to a place where they they so worship the creatures rather than the creator and they worship and serve creation, and they and they go too far with this with, with a lot of this. Let's 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 avoid that trap. Keep our worship for Him, our adoration for Him, for the Creator, and the stuff down here. We use it up. That gives Him glory when we do. Obviously, we want to do so in a right way, and we want to be intelligent. But we're to use the stuff here, and we're not to have not to live in fear that we're going to run out of stuff. You know how we're ever always going to run out of everything. We're about to run out of this and run out of that. And we're going to use up all the resources and there won't be any left. Not going to happen. Never going to happen. God put us here for a time and there's plenty for us to use and get us through. Yeah. And when it's done, when we're done here, there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. 
Yeah. And so, and so God created us, and he basically turned the earth over to human beings. He turned the planet over to us. We're supposed to rule it. We're supposed to dominate it. We're supposed to be in relationship to him, but he turned it over. It's our responsibility. Now, we understand this, and if you don't, you will, but that through the fall of man, specifically the fall of Adam, but he represented the whole human race, through the fall of, of man, we surrendered that dominion from what it was intended to be. Through the, through the fall of the human race, we lost that authority. We lost that ability to rule and reign definitely over all things. Adam basically committed high treason against God and handed the keys over to, to Satan. And now Satan had the keys to the planet. He, he, he got a right to come in and do things and rule and reign. How many recognize that the earth as it is today is not a perfect picture of the way God wanted it to be? It is messed up. And still it's got some amazing beauty, some amazing attributes, and we're thankful to be here. But I tell you, it's not even close to the way it was supposed to be. It has been tainted by sin. It has been destroyed by, by uh, you know, sin, by poor choices that human beings have made. And we've made a mess of it. But we should understand God gave it to us. This is how it's supposed to be. Uh, but the earth now, in many respects, is the result of Satan's rulership. All right. Why did God make it this way? Who said he did? Why does this, why does this part of the earth have this problem? And this part of the earth has, has this problem. Why did God do that? Who said he did? Well, why do we always go back to that and think God's in charge of everything? Well, because he's God, I know, but that's, that's, that's a lack of understanding there. He turned it over. When he turns something over, he means it. When he gives something away, it's really given away. Meaning the right, the authority, the ability to do with it as one chooses. Do you ever notice when, when Adam and, and Eve were about to eat of the forbidden fruit, he didn't jump in and say, whoa, what are you doing? Don't do that. He let them do it, even though he didn't want them to. And he still operates that way. He still functions in that, in that regard. You might recall uh, in Jesus' life, uh, he was uh, revealed by his cousin, John, who was a Baptist. Remember, John the Baptist. And, and Jesus got baptized in water. Remember, John looked at him and by revelation said, hey, there's a Lamb of God who t- comes to take, care of the, take away the sins of the world. And Jesus said, you need to baptize me. And they went through all that. And Jesus was baptized in water. The Spirit descended upon him like a dove. What happened immediately after that is that he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. All right, so he's in the wilderness being tempted of the devil, and the reason you call a temptation a temptation is because it's a temptation. You wouldn't say Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil if what happened in the wilderness wasn't truly a temptation. So it really was a a, a real thing going on, not figure of speech, not just poetic language. Jesus was tempted by the devil, all right? Temptation happens when you want something and you, you are presented sometimes an alternate route to get it that would be unjust or immoral or, or contrary to the ways of God. And that's exactly what was happening. And 
in one of those verses, we're not going to go through all that temptation, but one of them, it's Luke chapter 4 and verse 6, it reads this way, and the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory of all the kingdoms. He said, for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Now, now think about that, about that for a moment. First of all, where did Satan get all this authority? Because Jesus didn't call them out on it and say, well, you don't really have it. You're deceived. No, Jesus knew that he did have it. Where did he get it? He got it from Adam. And why was Jesus here? He was here to get it back. God had to go through legal channels and do things according to his word because what he gives away, he truly does give away. And he can't just take it back because he's God. That would be unjust. That would make him a liar. He went through legal channels to get the son of God in the earth. And Jesus came to retrieve that which Adam had lost. Right? Satan knew it. Jesus knew that Satan had it. Satan's offering a shortcut. You ever been offered a shortcut in life? Maybe you had a goal, maybe you had a, a desire that was noble, it was fine, it might have been uh, you know, financially related or business related or some kind of goal in your life, and somewhere along the path you, were, you saw an opportunity to do things a different way, but they weren't the right way. Man, I could save a whole bunch of money here, or I could cut off three years if I'll do it this way. But if you were to do it, you'd have to be unjust, you'd have to be immoral, you'd have to break uh, integrity, you'd have to do something that maybe harmed someone else or break the law. Something would be wrong, and you were tempted. Why? Because you wanted to get this thing taken care of. You wanted the end result, and you were offered another route to get it. And that's basically uh, what's happening here. Jesus came to retrieve that authority. Satan's saying, listen, you bow down and worship me. I'll just give it to you. Of course, you can't trust a liar anyway. But And of course, Jesus is not going to do it. And he didn't do it. And he resisted the devil. But you can see Satan had this dominion. God gave it. Hey, I'm giving it to my kids. I want them to be like, to be like me and to rule and reign and, and run this planet, basically. And, and, and then Satan had control of it. And now look at it messed it up and there's all kinds of death and destruction and you know I think it's I think it would be wise for us to not jump to the God side of an explanation every time something goes wrong you know individuals will say man this is not working out or this person died you know they died too young or we got this problem and this person's got this disease and I just don't know why God's doing that Or I just don't know why God's allowing that. I'm just trying to figure out what the Lord is doing here. Why are we putting God in that sentence? Who said he is anywhere involved or anywhere close to what's going on here? See, what what we do is when, when we do that, we omit the devil factor. We really do. Because Satan has been given dominion and he's here in the earth. And a whole bunch of stuff that goes on has nothing to do with God or his plan or his way. It has to do with the thief who Jesus said comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you see killing, stealing, destruction, no. That's the devil. That's not God. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. If you've got anything going on in your life and it's anything short of life and life more abundantly, just mark it up. That's not God. He doesn't want it. He didn't plan it for you. He's not allowing it. He's just not even involved with that. But if you want someone to point the finger at, point it at the devil. 
I realize we have responsibility in the fact that we make choices. We're making decisions every day. Uh, but I'm not here to beat up on anyone. We know the ultimate source for all these problems is the existence, the reality of Satan. Jesus acknowledged that. So you really believe there's a real devil? Well, Jesus did, and he was raised from the dead. Predicted it and fulfilled it. I'm going with him. But this, this, this is what he said. So I think it's foolish. We, we just need to understand authority. We need to understand this, this principle and this plan of God for his people to live in dominion or to live in supremacy. You know, supremacy is the state or condition of being superior to others in authority, power, or status. Now, what does a life of supremacy look like? Uh, well, first of all, I like to look at what it doesn't look like. A person who is living a life of supremacy, they're not helpless. They are not defeated. They're not afraid. They don't live in fear. Uh, They don't have a mentality of, ah, there's nothing we can do about it. Well, I know these things are happening. These bad things have taken place. We're just helpless in the midst of it to do anything to resolve it, anything to change it, anything. See, that's not the talk of a person who's in charge. That's the talk of a person who has no power, who has no ability. Everybody with me today? Amen. You know, someone said to me recently after, uh, after saying some things about, about their healing and, and what the Lord had provided and what the Lord had showed them and said to them, and, and somewhere in the conversation all of a sudden it went to how they were ha- talking with another person and they said, well, you never know ultimately when someone's going to live or when someone's going to die because that's up to God. And I stopped, I said, I st- and I, I looked at him, I said, is that what you believe? Because I had just been praying with him. I said, is that what you believe? He said, well, yeah. I said, well, because I don't believe that. Because you just put it all back on God. Now you took all the power away from everything we just did. You can't say all this stuff about I'm trusting God. And he said I'm going to be this. And and I'm going to be well. And he promised me this. And then just tack on the end of it. That this is all up to God. And it's out of your control. And by the way, the scripture doesn't teach that. (laughs) I said, Psalm 91 says you can live until you're satisfied. He said, what long life he would satisfy you. So who's in charge of that? Is God in charge of that? Or are you in charge of that? Sounds to me like in God's control, he gave us control. Everybody okay? If that sounds new to you, just wait. Just hold on. Keep chewing. I tend to raise questions, and I like to do that. Amen. But I want to look at Jesus. He didn't live a defeated life. He lived a life of victory. He lived a life where he, he, he was overcoming constantly the things that were going on around him. And you know why this worked, by the way? Let me say this. Repeat this from a time recently. Jesus came to do some things as our substitute. He did other things as our example. He went to the cross. He bore our sin as our substitute. We can't do that. We're not supposed to do that. He became a curse for us so we could be blessed. We should receive that. But how he lived his life was an example to us to follow. The way he conducted himself. And I want you to think about how he dealt with opposition. 
how he dealt with things that were wrong, things that were unjust, things that were harmful. And Jesus did not cower in the face of it. He did not back down, but he stood with head held high, shoulders back, and dealt boldly and confidently with all the ills of, of, uh, that people were dealing with in their lives. And you see how he functioned. Okay, let me tell you, first of all, for a moment, why he could do that. Jesus bypassed the sin nature by picking up his body through, Eve, uh, through uh, Mary because he was, uh, his father was God the Father. All right, the seed was put in Mary, and so he bypassed the sin nature, and Jesus came into the earth as what the Scripture calls, he, he was another Adam, the second Adam. Right? In other words, the authority that Adam had, Jesus also walked in that because one, he was sinless by nature and he was sinless by behavior. He walked in righteousness and also walked in authority. So he came as the devil's, the devil's nightmare. All right? As the devil was going after him, trying to tempt him to get him to give up that stuff. He wanted him to give it up like Adam gave it up. And, uh, and even though Satan had a ride in the earth, Jesus came as an overcoming, reigning, victorious person. And so, you know, when they're going across the Sea of Galilee and, the, you know, and the, the storm gets whipped up to try to turn the boat over and, and cause them all to ground, the Bible drowned. The Bible says they were in jeopardy. It was a serious situation. He's asleep, but they're about to be uh, overturned and, and die. But what did Jesus do? He gets up and he speaks to the storm. And what happens? The storm listens to him. The wind and the waves obey him. He operates in a level of dominion that the disciples go, wow, look at that. But that was the way God intended it to be from the beginning. But we lost that. But Jesus came back operating in it. And so he's operating in in dominion. He would treat things like sickness and disease as if these things had ears and they could hear and he could command them around. Peter's mother-in-law had a fever. And the Bible says Jesus went over to her and rebuked the fever. He didn't pray for her. He didn't consult the Father. He just said, fever, get! He rebuked it. You know what happened? It left. Almost like it could hear him. And it can. But Jesus operated in a level of authority and dominion, so he would tell things that are wrong to straighten up. And to be right. Now he didn't override people's wills. That's another, that's another story. He didn't just command people and they all came into line. But when it came to things that were wrong. Curses. Demonic activity. He walked in dominion. He spoke to plant life. It was part of God's creation. Genesis 1. He spoke to the fig tree. Say you're not bearing figs. And you ought to be. And I'm kind of ticked off at you. So <laughs> no one eat fruit from you ever again. And the fig tree died. Well how does that work? No roundup or anything, just, or what, maybe roundup doesn't kill trees, but, uh, but he just spoke, he took dominion over it. When the devil came to him, like we read about, what did he do? He resisted the devil and won. He had authority, he didn't give in. Like much of mankind does, we, we've all done. We've given in to temptation. In other words, making ourselves subject to it instead of having dominion over it. We give in to temptation. But that's not the, how, that's not the way Jesus conducted himself. 
How many recognize that when Jesus defeated the devil, and I'm talking about on the cross, through redemption, he didn't do it for himself. God was never subject to the devil. He was never dominated by, by Satan and all his, his works. God was always, he did it for us because we were the ones that were supposed to dominate, but got, we got put in a, in, a, in a lesser place, and we were made subject to sin, to the devil, and all this kind of junk. Jesus did that on our behalf. He wanted his children to be placed back into a position of dominion. Yeah. Look with me at Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Notice with me over here in verse 17. Romans 5, 17. It, it, It reads here, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one. Now, who's that talking about? That's talking about Adam. One man's offense or one man's sin. What happened? Death reigned. If death reigned, God's people did not reign. Death reigned over people. Death manifests in all kinds of different ways. It manifests in sin and bondage and sickness and in poverty and in all a gazillion different ways. You can read about some of those in different parts of the Bible. But but death manifests in a lot of different ways. But it goes on to say much more. Those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one Jesus Christ. So what happens is in in the work of Christ, what He did for us through redemption is though death was reigning over people, he said those who get the gift of righteousness, and how many know righteousness is a gift? You either have it, and it's yours, or you don't have it. It's not I'm working every day, I'm working, I'm just trying to be righteous. No, there's a gift out there, and it can be a part of your being and who you are. You are now a righteous person, the righteousness of God, because he gave it to you. All right. When you have that, what does it cause? It causes us to reign in life through one, Jesus Christ. How do I reign? I need to be right with God. Once I receive the gift of righteousness, I now am reinstated to a place of dominion. I've now been put back into a place of dominance in the earth. Did you see that? If you've received this, you know you have this as your present tense possession, a gift from God. It's an ability that you have in life. Now, if you don't know about it, it's very likely it has been untapped. It's very likely you've been hit, you've been knocked down, you've been run over, you've been dominated by the circumstances of this life and even the the evil spirits that roam the earth and they've given you hell but you've got something inside of you that gives you an ability to reign over all that stuff it's the gift of righteousness that's what he said it'll cause you to reign in life not to be ruled not to be pushed around not to live a defeated destructive life amen it seems like i should pause seems like it needs to settle People are being pushed around in life. Their life, lives are defeated. 
it does, it look, their lives look anything but anything like anything but a life of victory, a life of overcoming. And it ought to be. It ought to be this way. If you have the gift, you can reign. When you know you have the gift, you carry yourself differently. You walk around. I'm not talking about pride and arrogance. I'm talking about boldness. talking about confidence. talking about knowing who you are and what you have. But you carry yourself different. Attacks come. Things come against you. Well, I'm supposed to be here. I've been assigned by God to be on the earth at this time. And He created me to rule. So this is not going to be an issue. It's going to have to change because I say so. And I'm speaking in His name. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Amen. Now, I'm not an expert with animals, but I do have a dog and a cat, which you can have. In fact, I'll pay you. (laughs) You won't even have to buy it. I do know some things about cows, but they're not smart. But they make ice cream. (laughs) God bless the cows. (laughs) But stop for a moment. Beyond that, I've ridden horses and stuff, but not a lot. Not we had a horse. We put him in with the cows, and he died. (laughs) True story. Moment of silence for Dusty. Let me get back onto the point. I understand this. Some of you are experts far more than I when it comes to animals. Uh, That sometimes animals know what you know. If you're afraid, if you're timid, they're going to do whatever they want. But when they can perceive, sense in you that you know that you're the boss, that you're in charge, they're going to follow your instructions. Am I right? Some of you know some things about this. They will, they will do when you have confidence and you know who you are. Amen. I tell you things in the spirit work this way too. There is the child of God who knows what he has, what he can do. He knows he's been authorized in Jesus' name to exercise dominion in the earth. And there are those who have received Jesus. They're saved. They're on their way to heaven. But beyond that, they don't know anything. They don't know their position. They don't know their place. They don't know the authority that God has invested in them. And so they get run over by life. And I tell you, the devil knows what you know. Meaning, if you know what you have and who you are and what you can do, he knows that you know who you are and what you have and what you can do. And and he's in trouble. But he takes advantage all day long of people who do not know that they are supposed to reign in life. Of people who do not know the power they exercise in the name of Jesus. And he runs roughshod over their family, over their health and finances, and over, over all the things that they put their hand to. He's messing them up, and yet he's been defeated. See, there's something that we need to understand, is that what God has done for us, and what he has done for us in Christ, we need to know that, so we can live in it. You might recall, uh, over in the book of Acts, chapter 19, there was this group of exorcists. They're called, they're called Jewish exorcists, the seven sons of Sceva. 
Okay, so these seven sons of this guy named Sceva, uh, they were going around casting demons out and helping people get free of demons, I guess. And, uh, but what they did is because they saw what Paul was doing, and what, Paul was having great success, and people were being healed, people were being set flee, free, <laughs> the, and the demons would flee, and... and uh, and, and he, would, he would cast out, I mean, people, with, they were messed up, and they'd be set free in their minds, and they'd have straight thinking just like that when the devil left, okay? And, uh, and so what they did is they went into this situation, and you can read about it, it just says it really simple and clear, but they said, they said to the demons, we adjure thee in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, not in the name of Jesus, my Savior, my Lord, whom I serve, who's in my life, the one I live for, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The, not in his name. Jesus was just a name that Paul was talking about. And they said, we adjure thee in his name. You know what the result was? Is those demons in those guys, they jumped on them and beat them up. The seven, son, they, seven sons of Sceva got beat up. They got their clothes ripped off. And they ran out with bruised and naked. Yeah. That's what happens when you mess with something that you don't really know. You're not authorized. You haven't been given that domain. You haven't been given that authority. But you're trying to take it. The devil knows that they didn't have it. Even though they used the right name. They got Jesus in there. The devil knew. These guys are nothing. We can buck them off. No problem at all. They don't know what they have. They're not authorized to use that name. But what happens when you do know? Well, that's the way Paul was operating. He knew. He did have it. And he functioned on a level where these guys said, that works. Let's do it like that. But we have got to know what we have. What Jesus has done for us. This authority works in your life when you know that you have it. When you know you have it, the devil knows you have it. Yeah. Let me read a couple verses to you, and then I'll have you turn to Matthew chapter 28. We're going to finish there. Okay? Let me read these two two verses to you. Colossians 2.15, speaking about Jesus, reads this way. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it what did jesus do to the devil which is called principalities and powers what did he do he disarmed them he took their weapon away now they're roaming about through the earth the devil is according to peter walking about roaming through the earth seeking whom he may devour who can he devour those people that do not know that he doesn't have a weapon. Because Jesus went down between the cross and the throne. He went down into the belly of the earth. And he defeated the devil. And he took his power. He stripped him of all his authority. He took his badge and his gun and his nightstick. Took his uniform off. And he no longer represented any kind of authority or power whatsoever. Say, so, well why is the world the way it is today? Why is there so much destruction and so much bondage and so much pain? Because people don't know... The name. They don't know what Jesus did for them. They don't know what's been purchased. They don't know that God restored us back to a place of dominion. The moment they receive the gift of righteousness, they're now authorized to reign in life again. 
And the enemy can't rule over us unless we let him. Now, he's a, he's, a, he's a sinner, he's a thief, he's a liar. He will run over you all day long until you stand up and say, uh-uh, this ends here and this ends today. This is no longer going to be the case of my life. And you don't do it, with, you don't do it afraid, you, you, you don't do it intimidated. You're the boss. You ever gone into a place, maybe into a place of business, and, and you, you saw that someone, you know, left a door open and... Or maybe, you know, maybe it was going into a, an amusement park and the, someone left the door open and you went through. I don't know, maybe you've never done that. I would certainly never do that. <laughs> but you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, maybe you've been into a place and you knew, I'm not really supposed to be here. And so you kind of walked around hoping no one would see you. Everyone you saw had a badge of some kind. They, you could see they had a authorization to be there but you didn't and so what did it do to your demeanor I mean you're ducking you're hiding you're cowering you're thinking I hope I don't get caught right now don't do that it'll violate your conscience and ruin your faith okay (laughs) but what about if you do have the badge you're authorized. You have the key. You have the badge. You have the the uniform. you're, You're authorized to be there well, you walk around like you own the place. huh? You walk around confidently. You don't even give it a second thought. You just go do what you want to do. And you go where you're, you're supposed to go. Because you got a badge. Whoever was in charge, whoever owned the place said, you can do anything you want. Right? It's like when you go into the buffet. Walk around with your shoulders back to, I can eat anything I want in this whole place. And they can't do anything about it. And if I want double, I'm getting double. If I, <laughs> you're authorized because you paid your way in. Amen. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18. Jesus said, I am he who lives and was dead. You know it's talking? No, it's Jesus. He who lives, I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Where'd you get them? Jesus, where'd you get the keys? He got it between the cross and the throne. He did it because that's the whole reason he was sent here to undo what Adam did. He was here to get back the dominion that God gave us in the beginning. So now he basically got the keys and he gave them to us and said, go take it for a spin. Planet Earth. (laughs) This life. I've authorized you to run things again. And that's in Matthew 28. You're there. Matthew 28, verse 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, if we stop right there, well, we, we, we would all just say, isn't that great? Jesus got the authority and it's all his. It all belongs to him. It's his now. And so what about us? But the very next verse, he said, go therefore. The very next verse, go therefore. In other words, he's saying that I'm authorizing you. 
I'm sending you in my name. I'm taking this, this authority that I've regained on your behalf. I'm sending you out with it. So go and act in my name. And you baptize in my name. You make disciples. You come on over to Mark 16. You'll see he said preach the gospel in my name. Lay hands on the sick in my name. You'll speak with new tongues. You'll cast out demons. How do we do this? In the name that is above every name. It is the name of Jesus that authorizes us, authorizes us to live a life of supremacy again. Yeah, that's why Jesus went, all, went through all this. So you can walk around with a badge. Amen. And you can go to the buffet. No. But when you, li- you live in life, you live as one who's in charge. You and I made in the likeness, an image of God. For what purpose? To have dominion. Over all of God's creation. That's what gives him glory. Amen. We were born for this. What? A life of supremacy. That's God's intention for us. We were created to rule and reign. You can be dominated or you can dominate. Yeah. And again, you're all clear. I'm not talking about you bossing people around. We're not talking about that with each other. We are talking about ruling and reigning in this life over the earth and over the circumstances and absolutely, most certainly over the devil. The scripture says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Why would he flee from me? Because he knows that I know that I'm the boss of him. Yeah, he knows that I've been reinstated to a position that is superior to his position. So if I resist him, he has to run. Why? Well, if he doesn't run from me... God Almighty is backing up His words. Amen. And if you follow this all the way through, you'll see from the book of Genesis all the way through to Revelation, God designed for us to rule and reign with Him. In the book of Revelation, you know, after Satan gets bound up with a big fat chain and tossed into the pit for a thousand years, and we, we enter into what's called the millennial reign of Christ, the Bible says we are called kings and priests unto our God, and we shall reign with Him on the earth. Yeah, what's your future? Reigning. Might as well get a good start, huh? Let's rule. Let's reign. Let's take dominion over Uh, the things, the affairs of this life, God in that is glorified. So I think God's in charge. God in His charge put you in charge. It is submission to God to take up the name of Jesus, to speak to our mountain, come on, to, to deal with the circumstances of life from a position of confidence. Amen. Knowing that we were born for it. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray now. As I pray, you pray. And specifically, though, if you got stuff going on in your life, in your home, family, business, somewhere in your sphere of influence, and you've been being, you've been pushed around. I mean, life has, life has like beat you up in some regards, and maybe it's constant sicknesses in your home. Maybe it's constant financial trouble. Maybe it's just you seem to lose a lot in life. Why don't you take authority over that right now as we pray? What do you mean? I mean, take a stand and say, you know what? This is going to stop now in Jesus' name. 
I'm created to rule and reign with Christ, and so I'm going to do so starting now. And these situations, I cancel them from my life from this moment forward. And you say something. Don't worry about getting the words exactly right. It's the intent of the heart. And say it in Jesus' name. Father, thank you today for how you're working in our lives, how you're working in our hearts. Thank you for what you're doing. You are revealing yourself to us more and more again and again. And Lord, we are seeing what we were born for, how we were created to rule, to reign, to take dominion in the earth. You've given it to us as our responsibility. And so we take up our place, we take our stand, we resist the devil and he flees. And we thank you for empowering, enlightening, and enabling us to walk in victory. And that which is who has come, he who has come to steal, kill, and destroy, shall no longer have a rulership in our homes, shall no longer have dominance in our lives. But we resist the devil, he flees, and thank you, Lord, you reign supreme in our hearts, causing us to live in a life of supremacy. So I thank you, Lord, for setting the captives free here. The truth is made known. The devil is exposed. And now your people rise up to a place of victory, a place of freedom, a place of dominion. And we thank you that as this happens in the earth, even it happens in our lives right now, that Jesus is glorified, that Jesus is magnified, and we benefit from this freedom. So thank you, Lord, for setting the captives free. We receive it. We believe it. It is so. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you that that bodies are being mended and made whole today. Where the enemy has had dominion over people in their physical body, now they're released from that. They're released from that pain and that bondage. They're released from that suffering today. And just like the woman was released from her her lack of energy and, and she couldn't sleep, I thank you that even now strength is infused into people's bodies. Ears are opened and ears are made right and the ringing stops in Jesus' name. And I thank you for health and strength all across the building. We give you all the glory for it. You're our help in time of need. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.